0: This is Nicole DeSane, welcome to Talent Tales, the show where I interview leaders who have brought design thinking to their talent and HR practices. In today's episode, we have a special guest on the show. I'm joined by Damon Diener, who is the Director, Employee Experience and Design at IBM. Welcome, Damon.
1: Thanks, Nicole. Happy to be here.
0: So, Damon, what's your story
1: Oh my gosh! Well, I'll give you the the short version of it, just from a from a design and HR perspective. I uh, I work at IBM, like you said, uh, been a uh, a leader here for for quite some time. I won't say how long; it's been a long time. You can check on LinkedIn if you're really interested. Um, but no, I uh, I started kind of the design and design thinking portion of my journey um, a few years ago, back in you know 2015 ish when. We were in the middle of bringing design back to IBM in a big way, um, and so I joined the the new IBM design organization and helped with a lot of uh, talent. So helped dev- bring developers and designers and engineers together um, to use design thinking. And uh, from all of that talent work, I ended up leading, you know, all design talent for IBM and. Did a whole bunch of employee lifecycle changes for designers that caught the eye of our CHRO and her team, and uh, eventually ended up uh, being asked to move over there to create our new employee experience team and practice. And then, uh, you know, in the last year, have started to focus even more on employee experience and getting it woven into a lot of our talent and HR transformation projects with IBM clients. So it's been it's been quite the adventure.
0: It's always interesting. I find it cool when non-HR people join HR and kind of infuse our function with some innovation. so I think that's that really surprising cool. to me too. <laughs> I think that's cool. I think we need more of that, you know, talk about broaden our horizon, diversify and um, speak the language of our internal customers also, if you will. So mm-hmm. what's your superpower? Our audience always loves hearing and seeing that one.
1: So my superpower, um, and I'll describe it a little bit and I'll show you my little sticky drawing. Um, But ever since I was young, I've had this passion for things that were both design and tech. And so when I was younger, it manifested itself in this love for architecture, you know, because you could design buildings or or houses and, but it also had to be very technical. So that's my superpower, blending design and tech. Um, But what I've noticed is that I've used this superpower now that I think back through my whole journey, using design and technology to help people. That's always been kind of a common thread through everything. And now with design, design thinking, and the HR context and employee experience, it's all coming together. So this is is an exciting time for me. I get to really use that superpower quite a bit.
0: It was meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And by the way, I just wanted to put in a little plug where Damon and I met was at a book launch party, um, Employee Experience by Design. And we got Belinda on the call here um, by Emma Bridger and Belinda Ganaway. And Damon is in here as well. Um, and get the book. I just started reading it, but I know they appreciate a review on Amazon. So thank you and get the book. It's very topical. we we talking about employee experience here. And he is also in that book. All right. So tell us a little bit more about how you discovered design thinking and how you've applied it at IBM.
1: Yeah. So, um, uh, I think I, I, mentioned it earlier, you know, back in, you know, 2013, 2014, um, and actually was announced in 2012 with our CEO wanting to bring design and design thinking back to, I, you know, to IBM in a, in a big way. And so, uh, Phil Gilbert, our GM of design, uh, came in and stood up this new IBM design organization. And uh, the mission was to create this sustainable culture of design and design thinking throughout the entire enterprise. And so, you know, it's a, a multi-year ambitious journey that started with our product teams. And so we, you know, brought design thinking to them and, and started applying it in very strategic, targeted, you know, product portfolios uh, and immediately saw incredible transformations of those teams and how they collaborate and how they work. And in short order, it started becoming reflected in the, in the product uh, that was shipping. And so you started to see business leaders collaborating with design leaders, collaborating with engineering leaders to really kind of figure out creative, innovative solutions um, in their product spaces. And uh, it was after a few years of that and seeing kind of the, the business impact that that drove that we started thinking, well, you know, we've seen this tremendous success of design thinking in the product space. You know, do we think we could replicate some of that success by using some of those techniques and some of those approaches and those tools in non-product parts of IBM? So we started exploring what design, a design thinking or a human-centered transformation might look like in our research organization, in our CIO and IT organization, and then in my case, taking it to HR. And um, yeah, it's been it's been exciting to show and teach and upskill HR professionals all over the globe how to use design thinking and even some principles and elements of agile, kind of bringing that together um, to you know, create this employee-centered mindset in HR So and I, have practical ways to apply mm-hmm. it.
0: That's so cool. So before we go dive into HR, can I just backtrack a little bit and ask more about, yeah. you said we, we saw business impact and I know and talking to people who have implemented design thinking that always seems elusive to measure the impact of human-centered design on the organization. So I was just curious, how did you measure the impact or what exactly was the impact that you saw?
1: Yeah, we, um, there was one thing that we did and, you know, measuring impact on individual projects and individual initiatives, you know, you can, you can start to get a sense for some of that. Um, but one thing we did that I, that I love is we had Forrester come in and study IBM's application of design thinking um, and also um, some of the clients that we had partnered with, with our enterprise design thinking, um, helping them transform. And so Forrester did the study. Um, and I can, I can provide a link maybe after the, after the chat, but, um, uh, it showed us that, um, I think some of the key, some of the key insights were like a two X, uh, speak, you know, faster to market, um, in teams that were applying design thinking, we saw, uh, three X ROI on teams that were applying design thinking, um, the revenue of, uh, kind of client or product portfolios that were applying it, saw that almost a, a 33%, 32 or 33% uh, increase in revenue. So we were able to, you know, Forrester was basically able to validate that the application of design thinking was having a tremendous impact, both in the way we collaborate and through that collaboration and focused on user outcomes, uh, also, you know, driving commercial results.
0: That's great. So that's, I think, like a good idea, a good hack to bring in an external sort of research company to help measure the impact um, for credibility purposes and all sorts. Mm-hmm. So, so okay. So let's dive into HR. How did you build? How? What was your approach to build capability and design thinking or human centered design with the human resources function?
1: Yeah, that was um, that was exciting. So when we got there, um, you know, a few. A few teams had found design thinking just organically and kind of picked it up. So I think there was about maybe 100 or so design thinking. You know, We have digital credentials so that we know as people are getting uh, introduced to design thinking and as they mature their practice and show evidence of applying it, they earn these digital credentials. Um, which is, which is great for us because it helps us kind of manage and, and track our, our expertise in design thinking. But yeah, when we started, there was maybe a hundred. Um, and over the course of, you know, elevating design thinking as a priority with our leadership and, and socializing it and then providing these immersive training experiences, you know, we now have over 4,000 HR professionals that are, you know, credentialed as design thinking practitioners um, or coaches. And uh, so that's really exciting, but um, finding ways to apply it as part of the learning, you know, you have to have an experiential way to to use it, you know, to really have it become a part of your mindset. And so one of the very first things that we uncovered in our user research about what we could do from an employee experience perspective um, is. Employees were reporting to us in our research, a lot of the experiences they were having across HR programs and touch points from their point of view was very fragmented, very confusing, very noisy. And as we started to uncover like what was driving that, we found that um, the Uh, what our CHRO Diane at the time would say we were optimized for efficiency, which meant that every HR function and team had the autonomy to operate independently. But what we were, you know, what we were starting to uncover is that all these different teams engaging with employees separately was causing a lot of this fragmentation and noise and confusion on the employee side, because they're just getting hit from everywhere and lots of different ways and channels. And so we thought there was a tremendous opportunity here to apply design thinking to help us as an organization start to to fix that problem. And so we brought representatives from across all the HR functions and we led a a project and really just facilitated this project so that we could all co-create an employee experience playbook and toolkit with resources. And you know, it had principles that we all wanted to align on around voice and tone and visual. Um, there was a whole section in how we could more consistently and effectively use all the different channels that we have available to employees. Um, one, of the, one of the anti-patterns that we uncovered was that almost every team was just going straight to the inbox, you know, straight to email. And so all of this email coming to employees was one of the friction points. And so we started exploring, like, how can we think outside the inbox? What other channels do we have access to? And how can we leverage those channels in more meaningful ways? Both digital channels and physical channels at the time, pre-COVID, you know, how can we engage employees in, in the spaces and in the offices? Um, and then in addition, as design thinkers, uh, we also created this toolkit with everyone so that we could provide tools and templates to help accelerate their use of design thinking. And that's where we introduced, you know, a persona library and lots of templates and design thinking uh, activities templates where teams could really pick them up and use them to accelerate applying design thinking.
0: I think that's so cool. And you know what, everything resonated with me, obviously, but when you said, you know, we are optimized for efficiency. And I think that is what HR has been, right? I mean, we have been a cost center for so long and they have, you know, the Ulrich model and, you know, efficiency and effectiveness have been the optimization levers, if you will, for the function. And um, now we're at that turning point, the tipping point, I think, where we might want to consider experience as sort of the next... Mm -hmm. Um, step in our journey, right? Um, And it's totally, I think, changing who HR could be and what HR could be. So this is super exciting. But I'm curious, obviously, this is a a huge shift in mindset and structures and culture. What were barriers, the barriers that you encountered in brand design thinking to HR?
1: I think uh, in some ways, we were very lucky in that, you know, the formation of our team, the announcement of even my role and announcing this, uh, this initiative, our CHRO and all hands actually articulated, previously we have been optimized for efficiency. Going forward, we're going to be optimized around employee experience. So we had that advocacy from the beginning, which is tremendous. And so I think anytime you can get, get that, that executive support, that leadership support and advocacy, it's, it's key. Um, and even intentionally doing that. but I think um, some of the lessons learned if I go if I go back to your question I think the um, one of the big ones that we uncovered pretty early on is that as HR professionals, you know we consider ourselves and we are deep subject matter experts in the policies and the programs um, of and you know the just the the inner workings of HR, like we're deep subject matter experts, um, and then we think to ourselves, oh, we're also employees, and so we're like great, we're we're our own you know sponsor users or even our own users, and so we found that teams were very comfortable in kind of just designing for themselves within their teams within their bubbles, and it was really um, enforcing this idea of bringing in employees, bringing in what we call sponsor users. To be a part of the project teams as we're designing or uh, iterating or improving policies or programs or experiences, ensuring that we have sponsor users that are real employees with us, co-creating it with us. So doing research with them or, or surveying them is one thing, but this is really bringing them into our process. You know that's really what design thinking helps us do, and so it was then that the light bulb goes off and they're like, wow, you know, the, the normal employee out there thinks about, you know, HR and these programs and these policies and these experiences far differently than we do. And we never would have known, you know, sort of their point of view or truly understood their needs or goals had we not brought them in to be a part of the process. So I would say of all the, of all the lessons, that's probably the biggest one. Mm -hmm. And I, I use my flag of, we are not our users constantly.
0: Yeah. Do you have an actual flag, like a physical? <laughs> I
1: was gonna say, when we, when we um, cool. did physical workshops, I would write it on the wall right? mm-hmm. or or include a slide. Now it's basically what I have to do.
0: A virtual flag. I love that. Yeah. And so we, you mentioned impact before in the business. So and obviously co-creation, there's already a baked in impact. But have you been able to measure impact of shifting HR to a more employee experience slash human-centered approach on, I don't know, engagement, or have you measured any any of that?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, we we have taken this approach um, that, you know, after, after the playbook work, I would kind of say our, our second milestone was to identify what are the, the key moments that matter, and I know this is a big topic, lots of organizations are doing this, um, and so we did that and identifying what are those most strategic moments. And the thing there is that most of those moments are owned by a single HR function or single HR team. Uh, so it made it a little bit easier. So, but jumping in and assessing those moments, the, the as is, the current state, um, taking a look at what are the business outcomes that moment is intended to drive. And so, kind of moment by moment, we're able to, to measure and analyze any as-is and then as we improve it or iterate on it, we're able to track those same metrics, either the business metrics and or the EX metrics like NPS or CSAT to see if we're really moving the needle. Um, From there though, what I'm most excited about is beyond the moments, starting to have teams think about employee journeys because uh, what we find with journeys is that there are usually multiple HR functions or multiple HR teams involved along this journey. And if we can align those teams and bring them together to take a look at those journeys, the, you know, the as is journey today and then ideate collectively on how we could improve that journey, both to improve the experience, but by doing that, improving the business outcomes that that journey supports. uh, That's where we've seen tremendous increases in collaboration and cross-functional initiatives um and that's you know seeing that become a more normal practice through through our hr global hr function has been exciting and uh you know seeing the adoption of that kind of a mindset you know we try to try to measure that also but the ex and the business metrics across all those moments and all those journeys is really how we can measure the value of, of this approach.
0: I sense a whole master class on that. That would be fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I could talk about this
1: stuff for, for hours, and hours and
0: hours. I know. I know. Uh, but we're getting to the end of our question. So uh, what's your favorite design thinking resource or hack? Uh,
1: my favorite hack? Uh, you know what? It, it's, it's not really a hack. Um, well, I think in this virtual, I'm going to throw two out there. Uh, One is in this virtual context, I am so happy that we were early partners with Mural um, to help them kind of, uh, you know, update and enhance their platform for enterprise use, like it was an exciting partnership at the time, and now, you know, thank goodness we have tools like that, Mural, Miro, you know, there are several others, but collaboration tools that allow us to do design thinking almost better than we can in a physical environment. You know, there are pros and cons, you know, being face-to-face or not, but the fact that we can now, anytime we want, collaborate using these design thinking methods and techniques in a virtual context, I mean, it it makes all the difference in the world. And then um, I have to make a plug for this just because I'm so proud of us for open sourcing it and sharing it with the world, but our enterprise design thinking... You know, the training modules, those digital credentials I talked about, they're all free. They're all out there on our website, you know, ibm.com design thinking.
0: And yeah, that's my
1: go-to hack. I go to it almost every day.
0: Cool. Well, these are some pretty cool tools. So um, I always close my questions with giving you a quote and letting you react to it. Are you ready for that?
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'll <laughs> do my best.
0: Okay. Quote. Design thinking is all about building unmatched user experiences with innovation, unquote. Nizark Meta.
1: I think the, the biggest thing that just leaps off the quote for me is that that user needs portion of that statement. And when I think about design thinking, that is like the core principle of whatever we do should always be from the point of view of understanding the the needs and the goals and the pain points of the users that are involved with whatever we're doing and those users you know change we segment them we you know we have all sorts of ways to to narrow in on who those users are but understanding their needs and their goals and their pain points and then innovating you know innovatively designing for those um, is really where the magic happens. Because if we can improve the experience by meeting their needs and addressing their pain points or friction points, the, the adoption of whatever solution we've developed goes up, the, you know, the usage, the adoption, the, the engagement with that, that tool or that program or that digital experience. And the most exciting part is that translates to direct business value? So whatever, yeah. whatever business outcome that, you know, that solution is meant to, to drive, it helps the business. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's really what we're all here for is you know improving the experience, but in service of driving the you know the business forward. Love
0: that. Um, so we got question from Belinda. Um, how well are people teams able, willing, or confident to experiment with design thinking tools without a large amount of training or hand holding?
1: Yeah, that's a that's always a challenge. So I think investing the time and intentionally thinking about digital onboarding of, of new tools is time very, very well spent. So you know, as you know, and I'm sure what's driving that question is when you are introduced to tools like Mural or Miro for the first time, it's kind of a whole different, you know, user interaction pattern. Um, So spending that quality time up front to intentionally onboard people to the tool and get them comfortable and just showing them the basics. And, uh, you know, I've always found that in virtual workshops or or client meetings that 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 pays off in space, because otherwise, if if someone doesn't understand how to use the tool, you see the engagement is just gone. Like they're just like, okay, I'm just hardly gonna participate because I don't know, I can't. Um, from a cultural perspective though, I think starting with, um, starting with teams that are eager to apply design thinking is always best. You know, you have to, it's less of an uphill to climb. And what you can, what we've done is get those teams on board use design thinking to deliver some, some great outcomes. And it's those outcomes that as you start to socialize that you start to see the skeptical teams, you know, becoming more interested, like, Oh, okay. Maybe there is something to this design thinking stuff. Can you, can you tell me more? And, you know, as you continue to expand that, that design thinking mindset, you'll eventually get to the complete naysayers who were like, you know, I don't, I don't think there's value in this. So culturally, that's a good way to onboard people as well. This
0: is great, yeah. Um, I want to close out by asking, are there any things that you want, that we haven't asked that you want to, you know, any other jewels that you want to pass on to us as we are bringing design thinking to human resources?
1: Yeah, I think um, one closing thought we haven't really touched on, and I think it's incredibly important because I I see this almost everywhere, um, is this intentionality behind simplification. And so one of the other things we uncovered in our research is that, you know, HR, we tend to be really good at creating things, about putting things out there. Um, We're not as great with turning things off, deprecating things, or integrating things. And so in... In order to improve the employee experience, this is something that customer experience has become really good at, which is narrowing and simplifying. Um, I think you know, we need to do a much better job of that within HR. And it takes you know, to improve the employee experience or to simplify it at the top layer. You know, we also have to simplify what's a portfolio of offerings and capabilities that, you know, that we're building and putting into the world from an HR function what technical platforms are we using and how can we simplify and streamline those technical platforms? And then last but not least at the bottom, uh, the data we're using, how can we simplify our data sources and ensure that the data is quality and performant because all of those layers eventually have a direct impact on the final experience we can can provide to employees. So simplification of that, that full stack is something else that I think is
0: really important. Thank you so much. That's such good advice. And thank you so much for joining us here on Talent Tales. Um, and thanks, everybody. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you at a future Talent Tales. Bye-bye.
1: Nicole. calls. Great to hear.